Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Jesus is at the centre of everything. That passage from Colossians says, everything got started in him and it finds its purpose in him. Your purpose is first and foremost found in Jesus. Nowhere else. Where are you looking for purpose and meaning today in your life? Do you feel that your purpose and meaning comes from what you own? From whether you're in a relationship or not? In who your friends are? In how many degrees you've got against your name? In how much money or prestige you may have? Or in how you look? See, too many people spend their lives looking to external things to give them meaning and purpose. And we only truly find our purpose in life when we find the one who gives us purpose. And that's Jesus. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. It's in him. Every single person, past, present and future, at some point in their life, has to decide what they are going to do with Jesus because it's all about Jesus. It's not about me and I'm sorry to tell you today, it's not all about you. The ads are lying. It's not all about you. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. He is at the centre of everything. And knowing who he is and knowing what he's done and knowing what it means is the most important thing. Every person must decide for themselves. The person next to you can't decide it. I cannot decide it or discover it for you. We discover it for ourselves. We discover who he is, what he's done, and what that means for us. See, the reality is is that no one else has impacted this world as Jesus has. Every morning when you wake up, you turn on an electronic device, right? Come on, be honest. Or maybe you didn't turn it off. Maybe you checked it overnight. Who does that? Don't do that. When we turn on an electronic device, when we look at the date, we have to acknowledge that that whatever we may believe about it, the birth of Jesus was so important that it split history into two parts. Everything that ever happened on this planet falls into the category of before Christ or after Christ. No one has impacted this world like Jesus has and we cannot get away from him. He has positioned himself as the dividing point of life, of my life and your life. Matthew 10 says this, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, this is Jesus talking, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. According to him, what I think about him and how I respond to him will determine my destiny for all of eternity. And that's a long time. It's a long, long time. So as we read about Jesus in the Bible, as we study his life, 
in the Gospels. He reaches out to each one of us, speaking to us, sharing his life with us and inviting us on a journey with him. Who is he? Even a surface look at the Gospels shows a Jesus who is absolutely not easily pigeonholed. Have you noticed that? He cannot be pigeonholed. One day miracles flow out of him. The next day he can't do a miracle because a lack of faith has blocked his power. One day he talked in detail of the second coming. The other, another day he knew neither the day nor the hour. He fled from arrest at one point and then toward it at another. He spoke about peacemaking and then he told his disciples to go and get their swords. Who is he? Jesus was a human being, a Jew with a name, with a family, a person who was in a way just like everyone else. But in another way, he was some, something, someone different than anyone who had ever lived on this earth before and who will ever live on this earth again because he was fully man and at the same time, he was fully God. In the beginning, the Word, that's Jesus, already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, through Jesus, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish the light that Jesus brought. Who's happy about that today? I am so happy about that today. He gave life to everything. He gave life to you, to me. In the beginning, outside of space and outside of time, he was there and everything was created through him. He created us, he, he brought light to us and that light, it shines, it shines brightly. You may feel at times in your life that there's darkness, that you're surrounded by darkness. I think some people in this room feel like that, maybe even now. Not sure how to overcome it. You know, when it's dark, we simply just turn on the light and the light, the darkness flees. His light shines into your darkness. If you feel you're surrounded by darkness today, do you know what you have to do? Just invite Jesus to come into your situation. Psalm 139 verse 12 says, There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as day. There is no difference between the two. So let the light in. Light and life to all he brings. That's a carol, right? And the Christmas story is a celebration of the fact that he came. Emmanuel, God with us. God, who knew no before and he knew no after, entered time and space. God, who knew no boundaries, took on the shocking confines of a baby's skin. The restraints of mortality. No wonder the angels sang at his birth. The eyewitnesses only saw an infant working. He's never before used lungs. But the angels, they knew, knew what it meant. They knew that the saviour of the world had come. 
That's why we sing, fall on your knees. Oh, what a night. What a holy night that was. That's why we sing joy to the world, because joy came into the world. When Jesus came, joy arrived. When Jesus came, light arrived. Oh, I love Christmas. John 1 14 says, The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, the Father like Son, generous inside and out from start to finish. Wow, wouldn't you have liked to have been there with them? I would. To see the glory, to see the one of a kind glory when He came. He came. Ever had anyone show up just when you needed them the most? Ever had anyone show up just when you'd lost all hope? I have, many times. But one time I'll tell you about was when I was about 12 and I was on holidays with my family and another family who were friends of our family. That's a lot of family, right? Um, And a few of us went down to the beach and our mothers said, don't go in the water. I was the oldest amongst the group and I said, of course, mum, no problem, won't be doing that. What did we do? went into the water and because we only went in this deep we only went in up to our knees because it's safe right when it's only up to your knees until the wave came there were three of us the oldest three leading the parade doing the wrong thing anyway I know you never do the wrong thing so I'm sorry about this but anyway maybe some of you can relate to me maybe some of you have done the wrong thing Sometime in your world, life. So knee deep, wave came over our heads. There was a rip, sent us out wild out there. Ever had someone come when you'd lost all hope? That was me. Help! Help! I could only dog paddle. The other two couldn't swim at all. <clears throat> yeah, they're still alive though. <laughs> I'm glad about that too. One's my brother. One of my brothers. I have four. Anyway, I have four. I could have been, I would have been fine. Had another three. Stop it. I didn't mean that. Delete that from the file, Friedel. I've got to get back to the real story. I called out and he came. This man heard me and he came. Have you ever been stressed out to the max? to finish a project on a really tight deadline and you think there is no way I'm going to get this done. There is no way I can make this happen. And then the Calvary arrives. Hallelujah. A team to help you. What looks like moments ago was not going to happen and then they make it happen and you turn to them with relief and say, thank you, you came. I spoke to a lady the other day, a mother, who when her daughter was very young, her first child was a little She used to scream all day, and I mean scream, scream and scream and scream. And she had a neighbour who lived next door who heard the screams, and so she would come every day, knock on the door, give me your baby. She'd take the baby. She'd say, go and rest, go and walk, go and drink coffee, go and eat, go and shower. Sometimes all mothers want is a shower. You came. Thank you so much. 
Ever been trying to move something that is way too heavy for you? And in comes your husband. Strong as a strong man. Strong. And what is too heavy to pick up, he just does this with his little finger. And you look at him and say, thank you, honey, you came and helped me. Ever felt so alone or isolated or invisible? And like it really wouldn't matter if you were there or not. And then someone comes and looks at you and, I mean, they look at you and they really see you. And you look at them and th- with thanks. And you say, thank you, you, you came. Jesus became flesh and blood and he moved into our neighbourhood. He came to earth, God. God in heaven, he came to us so that we don't have to do it all by ourselves. So that I don't have to carry the heavy load. So that I don't have to do the impossible work. So that I don't have to do a magic, a new magic trick every day and pull a rabbit out of a hat. Some people live that way. It's a lot of pressure. So that I don't have to live in isolation or loneliness or fear. Emmanuel, God... With us, he came. Some people live their lives trying so hard to get to God. I'm just going to live right. I'm just, if I do the right thing, if I, if I keep pushing, I can just, I, I'm sure I can be, I can do a bit better. If I just try a little harder tomorrow, I'm really close and I think I might make it. No, no, I've got it. Just a little more. What they don't understand is they can't get to God. None of us can get to God because we don't have to because he came to us. He came. The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. It's a wearying way to live, trying to push ourselves to continually do what we have to do to get to God. You don't have to do that. That's the beautiful, wonderful, wonderful answer. The Christmas message is that he came, God with us. I was reading about a 19th century Russian novelist called Tolstoy. And he read the Gospels. And when he read the Gospels, he thought, wow, I need to change my life. But he didn't quite get it. So what he did after reading the Gospels was he set his servants free. He gave away all the copyright for his books. He gave away his land. He wore peasant clothes. He made his own shoes. He began working in the fields. And he did it all in an attempt to reach God. And he kept, he kept devising new rules for himself, just trying harder to reach God's ideal. But he, he just couldn't get there. And he had no peace. And he died a deeply, deeply unhappy man, always striving to get to God. His wife says this about him. There is so little genuine warmth about him. His kindness does not come from his heart, but merely from his principles. He didn't understand why Jesus came. He read the Gospels and the teachings of Christ and he thought, right, I have to do better. I have to be better. 
and he set out to be and do what he could do. But his religion was, it was ultimately just a thing of law and not grace. It was a scheme for human betterment rather than a vision of a God coming to the rescue of a fallen world. Christine Kane, wonderful woman of God, says this, Christianity is not about behaviour modification. It's about heart transformation. It is something that happens inside us, not outside of us. It's internal. Tolstoy could see his own inadequacy in the light of God's perfection. And we can all do that. But he couldn't take the next step of trusting God's grace to overcome his inadequacy. It's all about Jesus. He didn't have to try and push and work and strive to get to God. All he had to do was turn to him and invite him and his grace into his heart and ask Jesus to forgive him. Galatians 5 says, For if you are trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ and you have fallen away from God's grace. Jesus came to us and he offers us grace. Grace that is all-encompassing. His grace, his grace extends, extended even to the people who nailed him to the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Tim Keller says this, the power of the gospel comes in two movements. The first says, I am more sinful and flawed than I ever dared believe. And I am. But then quickly, it follows with, I am more accepted and loved than I ever dared hope. I am more sinful and flawed than I ever dared believe. You know, some people just stay there. They stay in that zone. They never move on to, I am more loved and accepted than I I ever dared hope. And that is the grace of God. That is God looking down and saying, you can't get to me, but it's okay because I'm coming to you. I'm coming. He came. He came to save us. And he came to show us what God is like. People have so many crazy thoughts about God. Jesus came to show us what God is really like. No one has ever seen God, John 1.18, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Jesus reveals a God who comes in search for us in the tiny form of an infant. A God who, who makes room for our freedom, even when it costs his son's life. Jesus reveals a God who is love, a God who would do anything to bring you back to him. There's this beautiful scripture in Romans 5 as the band comes. Beautiful scripture. But God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. While they were mocking him, while they were beating him, while you were ignoring him, 
while you were pumping your fist at him and cursing him, while you were saying, God, where were you? While they were blaming him, while we were doing all the things we knew we shouldn't have been doing, while we were sinners, while we were doing all that stuff, what happened? God sent Jesus. Why? Because of his great love for you. He came. He came for you. It is an overwhelming, overwhelming thing that God would look down on a world that rejected him and say, even for one, I will send my son. And Jesus, who is also God, saying, I'm on it, Father. I'm on it. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.